Hi everyone and welcome to the final ever episode of 90s Minute Winner. It's been a great project for me personally and I've had some amazing guests on, all of which have contributed in their own way. Unfortunately, work commitments as well as other coaching roles will be taken over my life very soon. So the commitment levels towards the podcast aren't going to be as what they were during lockdown, for example, when we could do it pretty much whenever we wanted. Mm. Uh, but less about me and more about <laughs> but less about me and more about my brilliant guest today. Um, he is fellow and definitely better podcaster Stop and sports it. reporter, Simon Mundy. Simon, how are you doing? Good. Thank you for having me, Scott. And I'll tell you what, at the end of your series as well, this is poignant. I mean, this is like tearjerker stuff. Yeah, I mean... Oh, I'm sweating because of the weather, so we'll count that as tears. Um, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> but, show. You look immaculate to me. Uh, well, I definitely don't look it at all, so the camera oh, must, be, uh, must be doing me a, a massive favour. Look at the state of this to the state of that. Come on, here we go. Anyway, like, come on. Cool. Um, you, you're, so, you're so nice, honestly. Like You're so kind ah. for only five minutes. Um, so we'll just get into it straight away. So obviously you're... Your podcast has, has had huge success over over the, the past sort of um, year, at least you know more time if if, um, if people have taken notice of it as well. So, what I want to know first of all before we get into the the particular podcast is how did you actually get into podcasting? So I was a reporter at the BBC. I used to do be the sports reporter for Radio One. So I was the sports reporter for Radio One for seven years. Um, during which time I covered, it, it's a great job if you like sport, because it's it's actually um, pretty much the only sports presenting job where you get to cover everything. So if there was a big sporting event, I got to go to it. So I, in that time, I did London 2012, Brazil 2014. I did every Wimbledon, Ashes, Formula One. So, um, you know, Champions League, quarterfinals, semifinals, finals, like you name it, I did it, right? And it was really, really good fun. But um, I just found that over time, I um, started to find it uh, a little bit sh shallow, if you, for want of a better word, because I think you, you get really bogged down in scores, in um, particularly, let's say, with football, football managers, uh, press conferences on a Friday where they don't really say anything. Um, and... I think that there's a lot more depth to sport and I've always been very interested in what you can learn from sport about life. Like there's that old saying, you know, sport is a metaphor for life. Um, so around 2017, um, I had two, I, I wasn't really aiming to have a podcast. If I'm honest, I had an idea about actually a program that I wanted to make on the BBC, which was, um, sport but for people who weren't necessarily interested in sport so your podcast is football orientated so people yeah. either really like it or they don't right whereas i think actually sports more broadly um if you if you don't get bogged down in tactics and scores and all those kind of surface level stuff there's lots you can learn about you know things like confidence self-belief tribalism um you know all sorts of stuff emotional intelligence I mean, the list is virtually endless. So I pitched this idea to uh, the head of um, the Today program on Radio 4 about making sports interesting for, or, or, or using sport in a way to make it interesting to people who otherwise might switch off when the sport comes on, yeah. mentally, I mean. 
and she really liked the idea and she said um uh she's like yeah i've created this role for you which is not an easy thing in the bbc and then um and she said you know what do you, what do you want how do you want it to look and i said well look why don't you give me a podcast um and her ears pricked up i think she thought oh that sounds you know high tech and this uh and and gave me a podcast um and and that's how it launched so it launched in 2018 um Oh, when was it? So I started working on it after Wimbledon 2018. So actually that year, my focus had been on getting on telly at uh, Wimbledon, which I did. And then I finished that and got straight into the podcast. So uh, yeah, that's how it started. And here we are, um, you know, like nearly, uh, nearly three years later. Yeah. No, it's, like I said, it's been a huge success for, for yourself. So, so obviously congratulations for that. And I'm sure it will continue. So with the, with the podcast, that, that that's definitely something I was going to pick up on when when I, you mentioned it there. It's not just like some wines football and people who only like particular things about football. If if it's not that's the that's being discussed, they can't switch off. But the beauty of your podcast is it's it seems to delve deeper into into the sport or or into the person or that that person's beliefs. So I was listening to um, some ones about being kind and. Like you said, emotional intelligence. Or do you have an idea of what you're going to be discussing with the guests beforehand, or does the the conversation just flow so much that it gets to that point? Sometimes I do have an idea. So, for example, um, Daniel Goldman, who wrote the book Emotional Intelligence, that was I wanted to speak to him about emotional intelligence. Uh, a number. Of, if people have books um, that I've read, then you know we will we will do that. But often when I'm doing my research, a kind of theme will come out and become, and it just becomes obvious. Um, but then sometimes I'll chat and again, it will sort of, um, I'll get a theme in hindsight, you know, like it, over the course of the chat, it will just something, a topic will, will emerge that I can hang the episode on. Um, so yeah, so it's a mix really. Um, you know i would say probably more often it's it's when i've done my research i'll have decided on the theme before but you know i'm not too fussed about it and in, inevitably the same stuff will come up in different forms you know the say some of the same things will come up some of the same areas and, and there are certainly themes that have repeated again and again so um but yeah it depends is the answer like I said, I, I, I like that about your podcast. It's not just, you know, football, football, football. It's it's very, you know, it's very broad and it does, it does like I said, delve into a lot of topics. So for people who maybe aren't tactically orientated, it's good to, it sort of gets the, the psychological juices flowing, I think, for, for me personally yeah. anyway. Yeah, it's not really, about, I, I don't think it's, it's really, it's not really about sport. Yeah. It's about life. Yeah. And life. So the tagline is using sport to explore life's big questions. So I just think sport's quite a good way into that. So it's just like a window or a vehicle into things that I find interesting about life and like how, how to be, how to be, enjoy life more, how to get more purpose in, in your life, um, how to, you know, um, ident, you know, accept yourself more, uh, get on with other people, like wh whatever it may be. I mean, there's a million and one other things. I just think sports are really good, you know, um, a way to dive into all that stuff. That old saying, you know, sports a metaphor for life. Like, I think it's really, really true. If you think, I like, take a footballer, 
you know, they, they have this um, height. I mean, that's not like real life at all, actually. That's a bad example. But any <laughs> sports person, uh, any sports person, you know, they, they have this uh, a career. Let's say they finish by 35. So it's like, it's like if you imagine this is life, right? It's like that, but then you go, okay, so it gets immediately shorter. And in doing so, the highs and lows, which, which when they're like this, maybe like only yay big, if you squash it, the highs go way higher and the lows go way lower. Yeah. So it is like life, but just amplified, I think, you know, um, which uh, even down to retirement, you know, load footballers or whatever, they retire, loads of them have real difficulties. And the same is true when you get to actual retirement age for a lot of people as well. Um, but it's just heightened with sports, you know? Yeah, it's definitely reflected in the, in the guests you've had on and anyone that hasn't listened to the podcast yet. I know we're going to continue talking about it, but I would, I would highly recommend it. Um, so I normally ask this at the end of the episode when I'm talking to people who host podcasts, but what, what's something you've, from when you started the podcast, what's something you believe you've improved on as, as the podcast's developed? Um, good question. What is something I've improved on? Um, I think probably, but definitely, first of all, um, when I started and I was doing the intro, I had the, my music and I would talk over it. Yeah. I couldn't help. I was like quite shouty. So I was right. like, rah, rah, rah. and then, so I've, that's one thing. I've stopped being so shouty. Um, I think perhaps I, I, I don't know, perhaps just a bit more relaxed. Um, it's hard to put my finger on on anything specific but I, I i guess it's like anything you just become a bit um it's like playing tennis right it's it's if you play it a lot everything just gets a little bit better um so i would say it's it's like that it's it's hard for me to say i've definitely got have i got better at listening have i got better at making my point i've probably got a little bit better at um speaking a bit slower i've probably got a bit better at not using filler words, but I still use way too many. Um, I still, I've probably got a little bit better at explaining myself in a non-rambly way, but I'm still way too rambly, you know? So um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, I would say I've seen marginal improvements across the board without any dramatic thing that leaps out at me. I guess it's difficult because I, I know for a fact that in my podcast, I've made improvements, but I only know that because people tell me I don't I, honestly I don't listen back to myself talking because I hate the sound of my own voice but people people message me and say oh you've improved on this a lot so I've started to make a lot more notes before before I introduce guests and stuff and I, I believe that it sounds really stupid because you think well you should make notes anyway and you should do your research anyway but I always have that sort of those sorts of thoughts in my head about what I'm going to be talking about but I used to say am all the time and I don't believe I, I do that as much so the feedback from other people obviously really helps. Um, but yeah, I was just hey, interested. there was an M. Oh, no. Oh, and I was no. literally just about to say, I haven't heard you say M once. But yeah, those filler words, I've tried to do that. I actually read an article about it, which was like how to get rid of filler words. Um, and for me, it's not M so much as, for me, I think I said, you know, like or stuff like that. You know, you know would yes. be a big one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do that as well, yeah. Uh, and so uh, it, what it told me was um, um, every time you notice yourself doing a filler word, um, 
what you do is you tap yourself uh, somewhere to just draw attention to it. Um, and then you, um, you know, you just, it's just about getting that awareness and then gradually letting it go. So I, 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 some, I did that for a little bit, but um, it's for me, if I say, you know, it normally means that well, it's classic, isn't it? You, you are feeling, maybe I'm a bit, I don't really know where I'm going. Perhaps I'm going down a dark, like a bit of an alley. Maybe I'm a bit anxious because I'm thinking, where am I going with this? You know? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Lad. No, I like, I, I like that actually. It's good. I mean, I would say I'll do it next time, but I, you know, I can't. Can I? So, <laughs> this is it. This is it. Uh, I guess we have to All that it. effort to, for I know. nothing. Yeah. I know. But you reminded me on the job, actually, so nobody's ever done that. So thanks for that. Um, so with the podcast you've got at the moment, don't tell me the score. It's a difficult question because it's probably not something you can really answer. But who have, who have been your favourite guests in terms of it's a two part question, really, because the second part of the question is what what are the best pieces of advice you've taken from from the podcast from certain certain people? Um, OK, so my favourite guests. Um... Johnny Wilkinson would definitely be up there. I think that um, he, he and I, not to compare our, our backstories, <laughs> although I was a fly half. Oh, wow, um, really? And I remember saying that to him at the start. I said, Johnny, you and I have got a lot in common. We were both decent number 10s in our prime. That went down well. Um, anyway, so, uh, but, but we have a, diff a similar outlook in terms of um, what, like, there's no other way of me saying it apart from that, but what about the nature of reality, right? Now that sounds a bit deep and it is actually, yeah. but so, so that topic um, I find really interesting. And so, you know, that is, um, you know, everyone talks about mental health and resilience and all these kind of things. And there, everyone has a strategy for each of these, right? But underpinning it all, to me, there is, kind of a, the the really deep stuff um or deep understanding and that was um that's what i talked about with johnny and then i also talked about a bit deep later in another really an episode that was like i put it out knowing that a lot of people wouldn't really get it uh it was with a guy called rupert spira um and so what what to follow on from that so those two i mean like i've had some i've you know going to caitlin jenner's house was pretty pretty out there yeah, you know yeah. um i've had i've had a lot of really good episodes a lot of the people i've become actually like quite good friends with but i would say johnny and rupert because they align with my um world view reality view whatever you want to call it so um building on that what's the best um thing i've learned or, or rather i would say perhaps more have had reinforced is that like a lot of people are into self-development right and self-improvement okay and um i think something that really gets mixed missed out is is um self-acceptance or acceptance more broadly actually just acceptance so i would say that um acceptance of yourself of other people and the world the more you can accept the way things are now that doesn't mean you don't try and you know it doesn't mean you um don't try and 
discriminate and choose that oh, I'd, I'd rather go this way than that you still have to make choices yeah but the more like if you find yourself in a situation the more you can accept the way it is let, let's say you can relate that to thoughts and feelings so let's say you have a feeling of anxiety the more you can accept that anxiety the the less control it will have over you the more the more you can accept racing thoughts the quicker they will go but you can't actually accept them to get them to go the more you accept yourself the more you it is easy to accept other people so it's like it's like not being in resistance to to the to reality to reality yeah to, to, to I, life I understand. um so and then within that i would say you know we have in sport let's say um who do you support Newcastle. new all right okay so hard so let, let's take the example of um so manchester city lost to chelsea right yeah and um, obviously Manchester City are gutted and Chelsea are like, way, this is amazing. Um, and, and in sports is quite often there's this, or, and in life, there's this idea that when you achieve or get X, then you will be happy. So let's say when you win the Champions League, you will be happy. When you win the World Cup, you will be happy. When you win um, or when you get the perfect job, you'll be happy. When you get the perfect relationship, you'll be happy. When you get the perfect haircut, you'll be happy. Whatever it may be, right? Um, but the thing is, it doesn't work like that, you know? And so someone like Johnny was really interesting because obviously he was, in 2003, he was the, he won Sports Personality of the Year. He was the World Rugby Player of the Year. He'd won the World Cup. He'd reached, literally reached the top of his proverbial mountain and yet he felt empty quite soon afterwards. And actually it precipitated a, a mental health crisis that, that made him look inwards. And he said, you know, he was very grateful to learn. He was only 24 at the time that um, this promise that exists in society, that happiness will arrive at some point, some um, undetermined point in the future when something external has happened is an illusion. Um, so I think, so that's a really important point. And then also, I think, I think um, like we tend to, people tend to, like, what's the first question anyone asks? Let's say, imagine, right, proverbial imaginary dinner party, right? You and I are sat next to each other. What's one of the first questions people like us sat next to each other would ask each other if we'd never met each other? How are you? What do you do for a job? Yeah. What do you do? Right. What do you do? Okay. Um, so we all, so, and, and so what we, what happens is I think we, um, like overly identify with what we do. So, and particularly in sport, that's, that's problematic because then if someone wins, they're like, I'm brilliant. And then if they lose, they're like, I'm shit, excuse my language. Um, and the same happens, you know, it's like, um, if, if, you know, in a company, we might be like riding high if things are going well, but if things aren't going well, then we, the, you know, so the story that we have about ourselves goes up and down. Um, but I think it's, if we can separate who we are from what we do, you know, we're not machines, like machines you define by what they do. This computer, the value of it is determined by 
what it can do relative to a Mac or whatever. And as you can see from the color of the screen, it's not great, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> um, but we, uh, we are not like that, right? And so um, I think it's an understanding that everyone has intrinsic value. Like when, when a, I, always say, I always use this analogy. When a baby is born, it's obvious that it's absolutely fine as it is, right? It, it can't do anything to, to make it any better or worse, right? And it's only, and if you've got two new babies next to each other and took their parents out of it, right? And you're like, which baby's better than the other one? Like you'd be like, well, they're, the, they're both the, the same, right? And, and you couldn't change that. And it's only as we get older and we, and we start thinking and we start conceptualizing that we start thinking, oh, oh, I need to do this or achieve that to be worthwhile. And we've, and we also, the other way is we learn stories of like, perhaps I'm unworthy or whatever through often through childhood experience that we misperceive because we're, you know, like five, six year olds, really egocentric, blah, 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 blah. And we all have these stories in our heads about who we are, but actually if we can get, understand that, you know, like that baby who has no identity, no, no, like has no qualms about, you know, crying the house down. It has no qualms about, you know, soiling themselves in front of 20 people, you know, like it doesn't, it doesn't care one way or the other. Um, not saying that we should do any of that, by the way, but, but like this, this, this uh, understanding that, 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 you know, when you see a baby like that, you don't, you know, you can see that it's, has value just because it exists right yeah. and that doesn't change as we get older we just forget that and it gets layered with concepts so i think it's about rather so i to go back to my early point of like people are really interested in self-development and self um improvement i think it's more like self like getting rid of stuff so it's like stripping stuff back and stiffing stuff back and letting letting go of concepts and ideas and stories about ourselves and identities and and coming back to no, that little baby who was perfect uh, is still me, and it's yeah. still you, and it's still everyone. Yeah. But it's getting back. It's getting back there. There's nothing that needs fixing. There's nothing that we need to improve upon. Now we can improve upon our behaviour. Of course, we can always be kinder. We can always be, you know, we can, you know, I don't know, contribute more, whatever, blah blah blah, all that stuff. But even when we do all of that, it doesn't mean that our actual value goes up or down. You know, our innate value is unchangeable. So that to me is, and if people can really get their head around that, then you, 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 it, it takes the pressure off because there's nothing really at stake. So you can take risks, um, you know, like there's no, you know, like, am I worthy? Am I not? Am I lovable? Am I not? Well, yeah, of course. I'm all of those things. Like, I'm fine. I'm fine. As is everyone. We're all the same from on that level. So therefore, like, why not try and do a job I really want to do? Why not try and um, learn something that's going to be a real challenge? Why not take a risk and start my own business? You know, of course, you know, of course, there's practical stuff. I've got to pay bills and blah, blah, blah. But, but there's no, but in terms of our identity and our worth, it's, it's fine. It's safe. It's secure. Like, Oh, and, and it can't not be. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get that. Um, I've got about 15 questions on, on top of that, but uh, I'm just going to ask one. But does that does that purely come down to, to reflection? So something I didn't do very well when I started coaching was reflect. 
and it would just be sort of reactive reactive coaching so I didn't do this very well five minutes ago so I'm going to do this now but now I think you give yourself a little more time as you, as you get experience in in the line of work that you do I know from saying line of work that you do but as you grow as a person and develop as a person you do you do reflect more on what you do and it, it's funny when when older coaches and more experienced coaches say oh, I'm still learning is it just purely down to that reflection time they have and in, like you say an acceptance of who, who they are and what they want to be um i'm not sure but what i would say is that i spoke to someone earlier um who played rugby for scotland and we were talking about it and he talked about two different type of coaches and if you have that sense of being incomplete and um let's say like, you know, unworthy, you know, you buy into the story that you have in your head, which is just a story, right? Because thoughts come, stories come, thoughts go. If you buy into that and, and therefore you're coaching from a place of um, where the outcome defines who you are, let's say. So you're come, coaching from a, a place of need, a place of fear. Um, then then it, it, it's almost like energetically that comes through as a coach. Whereas if you're coming from a place of, like I said, that kind of understanding that you're fine, like, you know, whether your team wins or loses is not going to define who you are, right? Then you can say almost the same stuff, but it's coming from a slightly different place. And then it's much easier to connect to it because because I think then you can actually you, you can actually care about your team, for example, um, and actually care rather than thinking I care because I need them to win because then I'll be OK. Yeah. Or, so it's that kind of thing. It's just that subtle distinction between where your intention is coming from. And, yeah, so I think reflection is, is you know, it's a big part of that. You need. To, yeah, of course, of course. Like the, f the first thing on self emotional intelligence is understanding what you're like and understanding what your patterns are and understanding, you know, like choosing to respond rather than react, like you said, um, all those kind of things. So I definitely think that reflection is a big part of it. Yeah. Great stuff. Some vital bits of advice there for not just me, but anybody that's sort of doubts themselves in, in their, in their own sort of body, in their own being really in, in, you know, taking that into, into the line of work can affect can affect mental health like you say and it's really prevalent at the moment and it happens doesn't it all the time the one thing i'd say is like doubt doubts are normal right like if you're human you're gonna have doubts you're gonna have anxieties like you're not gonna overturn a quarter of a million years of evolution like we are evolved to be doubting and anytime we step out of the comfort zone so i think it's like but recognizing that those doubts um of you don't have to buy into them. It's like right right now, if you imagine a carrot, right? Right. So you've got an imagining carrot. That that's a thought. But so's so's a doubt. There's no difference between the thought of a carrot or a doubt. And it, like you you know, like it, it, it doesn't really it's up to you whether or not you to what degree you you sort of buy into it. Um so yeah, I would just say that, you know, like I think that that doubts and insecurities and all those things are like really normal, but we get too, I think people get too stressed about it and it's like, Oh, I shouldn't feel this way. Yeah. But actually it's really, it's normal to feel like if you don't feel like that, you're a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, no, that's very true. Very true. Actually. So again, something you don't, you don't ever really consider. You've, it's a great point. Like the amount of times I've sort of sat there and thought like I shouldn't be, 
shouldn't like exactly what you said. I shouldn't be feeling this way. I shouldn't ever. I shouldn't be feeling this way. I shouldn't be thinking this way. I shouldn't be. Which comes back to what I was saying about acceptance. Even the more you can accept the feelings of anxiety, the feelings of or the thoughts about, uh, oh, I doubt. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm a rubbish coach. I'm a rubbish broadcaster. I hate the sound of my own voice. Okay, like, and I, I have, I'm the same. Like, who doesn't hate the sound of their own voice, right? Um, and so, but the more you can accept that, that's just accept it. Like, so when a thought like that comes up, you're not thinking; it's just coming up. And if you can just accept that, uh, rather than being like, "Oh, it shouldn't," that that thought shouldn't be there, or that feeling shouldn't be there, and then that's when you go into sort of resistance with it, yeah. and that's when problems come. So, I just think, yeah, like, yeah, accepting neuroses and insecurities and and uncomfortable thoughts and feelings, and then people and situations and events and da 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 da. da. Good stuff. Very motivational for the last 15 minutes, I must say, to be honest. So thanks very much for that. Um, so moving on, we're at the minute we're talking virtually um, and hopefully, knock on wood, um, we don't have to do that for much longer. Um, so you personally, how does your summer look? Because like you said before, you've done a lot of lot of stuff at Wimbledon, for example. Is that the plan to... To, to go back there this summer or how, how else what, what are your plans for summer 2021 so uh well first time i'm getting married on sunday me Thank too you very much. <laughs> oh really are you, yeah. you are as well are you? yeah yeah um so i'm getting married and the invite then... oh, sorry mate sorry well i mean it's close if it wasn't for covid you'd be there all right um so we're doing that and then uh yeah then i'm i am doing wimbledon um so I'm I'm signed up to be there as a reporter. What it's going to look like, who knows? Because you know my job was previously to run around and do all the interviews with the players and do all the fan interaction and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, you know there was a thing today I saw about like everyone's got to wear masks. So you know I'll be there. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, so uh, yeah, but but yeah, I'm doing Wimbledon. Then apart from that, I'm just working on various things, you know, still doing the podcast. I actually have to say, I quite like doing podcasts remotely. It makes it a bit me easier. Me too, yeah, me too. Yeah. You know, like you don't, I, I used to have to book a studio at the BBC and like make sure the sound was perfect and this and that and this and that. But but it's really easy. You know, we can hop on a call like, you know, after dinner. Um, and so, um, but yeah, and then, so I've been working on a book. I've got a book coming out next year doing some other like personal I've set up my company. So yeah, I'm after, uh, after Wimbledon got a few more, I've got to keep my podcast ticking over uh, a few more podcast series, but sort of all of it up in the air really. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I have to say, I, I haven't found it that I've been quite lucky. We've got a garden and you know, uh, I haven't found it too hard. It's nice to get out socializing again, but I, I like to get a balance, you know, like a balance of out, but not all the time. And not all the time in. So somewhere in the middle would be about right for me. I definitely think that's what I've done since since we've been locked down for is it three times, is it? Um, so the second time I was able to continue with work, so I'm involved in education. But I definitely agree with that. The balance between, you know, wanting to spend a little bit of time by yourself um, in the garden and going on walks around the block. Like before lockdown, I would never imagine even going around the block. I'd, I hate walks. Uh, I would always go in the car everywhere, but it definitely has, you know, given me an opportunity to to balance things out a little bit. So a little bit like what you're saying as well. 
Yeah, I mean, it's simple stuff, isn't it? So I had a, a stag day um, with a few friends on a Thursday, which was weird. It was like being out in a post-apocalyptic sort of weird environment. Yeah. And there were only six of us could go. So it was me and five mates. And um, and it was just really nice to be out with friends, just, just having a few drinks and stuff like that. So... Um, you know, I'd like to, and like you said, you've, you know, you'd, you'd never have walked, but actually, you know, like even just going for a walk, we've got quite a nice park here. It's, it's, it's simple pleasures, you know, seeing friends, going for walks, um, you know, I mean, it doesn't, I don't think it takes much to enjoy life actually. And before lockdown, um, you know, it was, I don't know about you, but life was just going quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker. And actually, I mean, I've been busier than ever during lockdown with the book and stuff like that. But at least I haven't had to commute all the time and do all of that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's just getting that balance. I hope that there will be, you know, obviously we don't want to stay locked down. Right. But do we want to go back to flat out? I would say me personally. Yeah. You know, somewhere in the middle would be about right. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Um, so with <laughs> I know for a fact you were on the button about this Euro 2020 England squad. You definitely didn't have a look two minutes before we came on air. Listen, um, I'm, I'm, I'm all over it. <laughs> you will be able to name every single man in that squad, I bet you. Um, Absolutely. I'll do text afterwards. Yeah, no bother. That's fine. I'll include it in the, in the recording afterwards. <laughs> uh, what, are your thought, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, my, look, my thoughts are, you know, as someone who, who's followed England... You know, I went, like I said, I, I was in Ukraine and Poland for the Euros in 2012. Um, I was in Brazil 2014, you know, and my what was a really fun working holiday was cut short by how bad England were. Yeah. So my, my feeling is, it, is um, that, you know, we've had two English teams in the Champions League final, right? So as has been the case actually for, for, you know, a couple of decades now, at a club level, you know, England and certain English players within those teams obviously play up to a really high level. Um, so for me, it's more about to what degree the team can gel, to what degree they can recreate that, um, you know, the World Cup 2018 sense of togetherness, sense of camaraderie, um, you know, I think we we're talking about leaders, weren't we? And, the, you know, does it come from fear or does it come from a kind of genuine care? And I think with Gareth Southgate, it's care. I don't like, would anyone have said before when he got the job, was anyone thinking, oh, here's a, you know, here is a truly, you know, a, a, a re, you know, top, top level coach, a top level manager. I don't think they were compared to say, let's no. say Fabio Capello, right? Yeah. You know? Um, but but what he did manage to do was create a an environment where there was less fear that there was less you know it was more like just go out and express yourselves and that kind of thing. So for me, I'm less interested in in the players and more interested in to what degree they can recreate that um, togetherness. And then I think you know, world's your oyster, really. Um, you know, they seem to have slipped off. What was it? The World Cup and then the. What, that other tournament, uh, the Nations, wasn't it? The Nations yeah. League, <laughs> the yeah. Nations League, League of Nations, whatever it is. Um, you know, when they when they were doing well in that, so, and there seems to be a bit of a dip since then. But clearly, they're not. You know, it's not much has changed, is it? So yeah, for me, for me, it's about it's about that. It's about that the um, 
the vibe in the team is the most important thing more than the uh, the individual personnel because the personnel are like they're roughly they're, you know they're, they're rough they're they're certainly you know they're certainly capable of doing well aren't they like you know you know trent alexander Arnold, right think of you know the uh, corner against barcelona right yeah. you know so um you know they're certainly capable but anyway the long a very long-winded answer it will just be summarized by what to what degree gareth southkick and whoever's around him could recreate that togetherness that that made that that made them do so well in 2018 but also got the country really involved in them you know i think that's that's the key thing rather than let's say the you remember the fear of you know when they lost iceland right remember that that yeah. was a good team it was a yeah, good it team. was really good but 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 they were bricking it weren't they yeah it's just that old coaching adage of connection and you can see the the connection and the the vibe in the England camp since Southgate's came in is is a positive one and players have that belief, like go back to self-belief. Like players seem to have that belief as much as we don't know that because we, we're looking very much from the outside in, but it does seem like a lot more of a positive, a positive camp now and a camp that actually players want to be at, whereas before it was pretty much like it was a bit of a chore to be called up the English squad, wasn't it? Where that should never, ever be the case, actually. It's a bit of an honour now, isn't it? Yeah, it's an honour and, and, and it's fun and it's playful. Yeah. And I think part of that is down to the fact that Gareth Southgate missed the, missed the penalty at Euro 96. So he's experienced the worst the worst thing yeah. and realised it's not that bad. So he can say to them, look, go out, express yourselves, um, take chances. And even if it goes wrong, you're going to survive. And, you know, who knows? You could be England manager in 20 years and be lauded, you know? So... You know, I think that actually is a really good thing. It's like getting rid of. So you talked about self belief. For me, it's more about like um, not not giving into fear. That that was the thing, you know. And I think against Iceland, you saw that they were shells of themselves. That was it. Was scary. It was scary to watch as a fan. So who knows what it would, would have been like as a player? Um, just like you said, fear of failure. It's been it's hampered the England setup for. Decades, never mind years, isn't it? And it's obviously it's Absolutely. led to us not being able to win anything for six, 60 years or something, something like that. Yeah, and mm. like you know, failure. It's like that's what I mean. So Gareth's experienced failure at the sharp end. Had to make a pizza about it, you know, um, and and realised it's not that bad. You know, like failure is not that bad, particularly in sport. Like, what yeah. really? What does it really matter? Yeah. You know, like Chelsea, Man City, does it really matter? I mean, of course, people think it does, but it doesn't really. Yeah, we've always got next season, I'm not being on this, but... Well, yeah, and even then, you know, it's like, you know, it's, you know, I, I prefer the just, the, you know, like, why do we play football or tennis or rugby or any of these things? It's like to, in the first place. So what, what's your, so you, were you, you're a footballer, right? Did you play right. some decent level? Um, well... It was all. It was okay. I'm not going to profess okay. to be an amazing player or anything. <laughs> okay, okay, but okay, but football was your favourite sport, right? Yeah. So, how old were you when you started playing football? Five, 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 five. years. So, yeah. so when you were like five, six, seven, eight, were you sort of thinking, oh, you know, I want to win? Like, I'm sure you wanted to win or whatever. But or was it just the playing? Oh, it was very, very much the playing, and um, to give me, me mum a little bit of peace. Right, exactly. Right. So, and for me, it was like I went and played tennis, and I, when I was a bit older, like say 10, 11, 12, and I'd go to this tennis club and I'd just play all day. And I, you know, I couldn't tell you if I won or lost, but it was the, it was the, the playing 
So I think, again, it, for Gareth Southgate and that lot, if they can get just back in touch with, it's like it's a game yeah. and you're playing. And then paradoxically, you're more likely to win because yeah. you're not thinking about the outcome. You know, you're not stressing, oh, my God, what if I lose, then, you know, my life's over. It's like, no, 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 just go and play. But let's, let's be honest, we all want England to win the Euros, don't we? <laughs> of course we do. Of course we yeah. do. You know, that would be... Um, that would be a real turnout for the books, you know, but then, you know, the, you know, uh, you know, a week later or a month later, you know, like things would be back to normal. Like nothing would really change, you know, like, like think of, that's what I mean. Like when Johnny, I remember when England won the rugby world cup. So I was brought up playing rugby and, and, and I couldn't believe that they'd done it. And it was fantastic, fantastic moment. Right. But just for that night, I remember the next morning I woke up and I'm like, you know, I'd much rather it was the day before the final than the day after. Yeah. Because you've got that excitement of like, oh, my God. Yeah, anticipation. Will it happen? The next day, I remember I was in Sydney at the time. And I was like, what am I going to do with myself? It's like, you know, like I've got, like I'm, I'm completely lost. And I know the players. I've spoken to a lot of them. A lot of the players felt exactly the same. So it's like, so right now, this kind of anticipation of the Euros, that's where the gold is. It's like, yeah, what could happen? Once we know what's going to happen, then it's a bit like, oh, well, you know, can we win it a second time? <laughs> Not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, no, brilliant. Good point there, actually. It, it is the anticipation over the, over the outcome because ultimately life goes on, doesn't it? Absolutely. You know, they all say that, you know, like you, you get that sense of elation. For, like, I remember, so I spoke to Josh Butler, won the Cricket World Cup, and he's like... Yeah, that was a good, yeah, it was a good one. I enjoyed that. Thank you, yeah. So as he was running around, yeah, I don't know if, you know, if you remember that day, they were running yeah, around yeah. the pitch, and everyone's like, they're going mental, right? But then the next day, it's like, like within an hour, it's calmed down, like, quite yeah. a lot. Yeah. And, 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 then, and then certainly within a month, it's like... Oh, you know, I don't feel any different. You know, I'm still bricking it when I go out to bat. And actually, you realise, no, it was it was everything up to the up to that point. Yeah. And that's where the real that's that's when it's really good. You know, it's like, oh my god, is he going to do it now or yeah. not? Not not he's done it. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> the euphoria, the euphoria of it was like it lasted minutes, didn't it? For I mean, I was jumping that's up it. and down for two minutes, and you sit down again, don't you? And then, yeah. And then you sit down. It's like. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even when you go back, it's happened, doesn't it? So yeah, you know, you Absolutely. know the outcome, don't you? Absolutely. Nah, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Um, nah, great stuff. Um, some amazing bits of advice there, and like you said, just sitting, sitting and listening to you, to those nuggets you've taken from different people, and you know, developing your own, your own learning and your your own podcast has, has been really, really great to, to take on board. So, so thanks, um, thanks for that time, and but thanks for your time in general. It's it's been a really, really enjoyable discussion with you um well and... listen thank you for having me scott you know to be on uh, the last episode of your series that's obviously you know been well received by a lot of people and you know the work you put into it i i'm very uh, touched and honored to be your your final guest and maybe you'll pick it up pick the baton up again at some point you know and, yeah. and but uh, but thank you for having me it's been a pleasure no problem and, and good luck good luck with your own podcast it's, it's a huge success at the moment and i'm i've very confident it'll it'll continue to grow but nah i mean never say never but i very much doubt that uh i'll be able to revisit the the podcast but like you said you never you never know if if somebody somebody comes along and says 
somebody yeah, comes along and says, do you fancy doing a, a six six series podcast for a million pound? I'd say, yeah, go on, and it's fine. <laughs> you <laughs> um, twisted my arm. Yeah, exactly. We'll we'll go on, and I've got a I've got a few bills to pay, but after that, we'll be okay. <laughs> no, um, but no, thanks you, thank you so much for your time. I know you're a very busy man, um, so I really appreciate you coming on. Pleasure, mate. Pleasure. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. No, nah, no problem. Um, so thanks everyone for listening to today. Uh, but also thanks everyone that's listened to the to the previous episodes over the last 18 months. It's been a fantastic project for me. Um, but there are also, you know, there, there's some fantastic fantastic podcasts out there who, including Simon's, uh, Don't Tell Me the Score, which are on various, various, um, various platforms. So please, please listen out for those. Um, but as well as other podcasts out there. So fingers crossed, lockdown is ending very soon. Uh, until then. Stay safe, everyone, and thanks again. Adios.